Uh, Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. It says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so such as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. And I just thank you, Lord, that it's from of old, it's everlasting. And yet it seems new every day when we read it as it comes alive to us. And just pray, Lord, that you bless your word and that you give understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I forgot to have everybody stand. Uh, just forgive me for that one, okay? Yeah, but but um, uh, we're doing our series, um, Is It Really So? Uh, you know, Jesus' disciples, they had just, Jesus had just commissioned them out to go um, two by two, to go heal the sick, cast out devils, to preach repentance, uh, to preach the gospel, to, that people that are enslaved in their sin would be set free. That they wouldn't be under that bondage, but they would have a freedom, the liberty that is in Jesus Christ. And then they end up finding out that their good friend, John the Baptist, he was arrested and then he was beheaded. He was executed. The disciples were able to get the body and, and then they, and then they um, buried him in the tomb. Hard time for them to see one that many of the people look to is a prophet, is a man of God. One whom Jesus said there was none greater born than John the Baptist. And yet, to see him, see him perish a gruesome death. They were busy. They were out casting out devils. They were healing the sick with the power that Christ gave them. And then find out about this death. They were busy. The Bible talks about them being so tired, verse 31, that they were so busy that they had no leisure so much as to eat. That they, that they, they didn't even have time to eat. They didn't take time. Hey, Lenny, if you're wanting to bring that up, that's okay. You're not interrupting. Um, um, many times this passage, okay, we see, KK, we see that Jesus ends up telling them to... Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. That they were busy. They went through a, a, a hard, difficult time. And from this passage, a common teaching today um, is that Christians are way too overworked, that they're overstressed, and that they are in danger of being burned out. People will say it's too hard to be involved in church and serve God in this day and age. That we have more pressure and more stress than ever before. So that we need to watch out for burnout. And people will use this passage that um, when Jesus told his disciples to come apart and rest a while. 
that this verse is often used to tell a Christian that they're on, they're on fire for the Lord. They have a passion. They get involved in church teaching, get involved in the music, come out for the work day. When the doors are open for a revival meeting, they strive to be there if at all possible. And many times people will begin discouraged by other Christians with this passage that, and be told, you just need to chill. Not to take ministering into church or serving the Lord too seriously or you're going to burn out. But it's amazing what we'll find out if we actually read the Bible's context. Amen. Yes, we do see that Jesus did tell um, them to rest, um, to, to come apart yourselves into a desert place and rest a while. And yes, we see when God said with Israel and that said the Sabbath day is a principle of, of working six days and then taking a day of rest. We do see that, um, that God designed it for mankind to take times of rest. But, yeah, let's, let's look at this context, and also historically. In, in 1880, even up to about 1930s, the average work week for the American was 60.1 hours. Today's full-time hours typically are considered 40 hours. Although, yet now, it's often considered full-time employment if you're working 30 hours. Do you think it is likely that people were less involved in church in the 1880s when they worked 60-hour work weeks? You know, I know some people still work that today and stuff. You know, there are many weeks where I'm working 60 hours, and there's many weeks where some of you are. Maybe sometimes more. Maybe there's seasons of work where it's busier. But thinking back, back then, 100 years ago, 70 years ago, where the work week average was much more than it is today, do you think people were less interested in the things of God? Were people less involved in church? I don't think so. I think they were more involved in the house of God, more involved in serving the Lord um, back then. You know, people will sometimes talk about how busy they are with PTA meetings, sports, clubs, political rallies, 4-H meetings, church. And often when they end up feeling too overwhelmed, what do they give up? Church. Church is the thing where they're like, oh, I'm busy. Maybe I could scratch off church. After all, I got community in these different meetings, in these different clubs. I want to encourage you, if, you're going to, if you need to give up something, don't give up on what has eternal value. <clears throat> hey, looking at this scriptural context where Jesus told him to come apart and rest, it's evident <clears throat> the disciples were tired. <clears throat> they were busy. They were Sleeping at homes of strangers, people they didn't know, but in the custom day, people were more welcoming, inviting people to um, stay with them. Jesus had the disciples, again, to go out to preach that men ought to repent. They heal the sick, they cast out devils, they end up burying John the Baptist. They were tired, they were so busy that they did not have the leisure time to eat. 
And while there may be times where some of us, maybe we'll skip a meal or there because we're busy, we're working. Sometimes my wife's tell me, you need to come home and eat. There are times where we'll, we'll maybe skip a meal. But usually food is such a priority that we find time for food. Right, Robert? We usually find time for that. Amen. We find time. You know, if it was like, hey, you know what, man, it's busy, but hey, if there's a men's breakfast, we'll be there. There, there. There's food involved. We're not too busy for that. Usually we take care of those things. Because if we don't eat, then one, we're going to get sausage. Then, then, we, then we will stumble. We will um, fall. But we see here, they were so busy that they had not eaten in a while. And Jesus even told them before they went, take no bread with you. And so they were hungry. Jesus took them initially to go get rest. In verse 32 it says, And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. They needed a day off. But then look at the next verse. It says, And the people saw them departing, and many knew him. And ran a fit thither out of all cities, and out went them, and came together unto him. So here we see people were following them. Jesus and the disciples, they go to leave. But we see as they go in a boat to go across the lake, they end up um, going around the lake. The Sea of Galilee was about 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. And so to go around was quite, quite a way, especially when your traffic is by walking. We see people walk through the cities. Now, as, they, as they would go, they, they would go through one city. The Bible talks about more people join them to follow um, around. And um, the Bible says in Matthew, um, there were um, 5,000 men besides women and children. And so many estimate that there are probably about 20,000 people that have traveled around this lake to see Jesus. And the disciples were with him. Remember, this was to be a day of rest. But in verse 34, it says, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them. Because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. 20,000 people. Verse 35 says, And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. The air, they were supposed to begin in rest. But what were they end up doing? Sitting and listening to Jesus teach about 20,000 people all day long. Not so much rest, is it? The disciples in verse 36 and stopped telling them, send them away that they may go into the country round about and go into the villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. They remember Jesus said, come apart and rest for a while. But then they end up spending the whole day there. Jesus teaching and the disciples are hungry. And they said, you know what, send them away so they could go eat. 
The day is far spent. The day is far past. So the day that they were supposed to get rest, they end up being a full day of ministry. They didn't get the response they hoped for, though. Let's read on. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? That's not the answer Jesus or the disciples were looking for. The day was already far spent. They were already tired. They were already exhausted. And yet Jesus tells them then, Okay, you said they're hungry? Give them food. Give them to eat. 20,000 people approximate. And you know, sometimes a small restaurant could get overwhelmed with 20 people coming in. Can you imagine 20,000 people to feed? It's like, we don't have the money to be able to put this on. And Jesus asked them, he said, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, shall we go by? And he says, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five, they say five and two fishes. Five loaves of bread and, and two fishes. You notice Jesus' focus on what they did have rather than on what they lacked. It wasn't, they didn't have very much. Would five pieces of bread and two fish feed this whole church family? It wouldn't feed Robert alone. I know that. Okay? Okay? It would not feed this church family. Even if he did not eat, it would not feed this church family. Twenty plus thousand people. You know, like Jesus is interested in what they did not have. But he's interested in what they did have. And there may be times where we don't feel like we have much time. Or we don't have much resources. But you know, like Jesus is able to multiply the little that we have. And so give the little you have. Whether it be of your time, your treasure, your talent. And Jesus multiplies this. We see him in feeding the five thousand plus the men or plus the women and children that were with them. Jesus gave them instructions in feeding them. In verse thirty nine, he commanded them to to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in rings by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. And again, if the calculation of around 20,000 total people is correct, then each apostle, there's 12 apostles, would have had to take in food each to about 1,700 people. Can you imagine you in one day, in one meal, serving 1,700 people? 
You know, Jesus being God of order, he has them sit in companies of 50, hundreds of, or companies of 100 to help ease it. They're already tired. I think it'd be pretty obvious that they were more tired at the end of this day than they began the day. Their day to relax and up being a day full of ministering. Jesus teaching, them serving and feeding the multitude. Next we see Jesus ends up sending the disciples back across the lake while he went to go pray. In verse 45, straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed unto a mountain to pray. Jesus would have been just as tired, if not more, than the disciples. He, after all, was the one teaching all day long. The Bible talks about, yes, Jesus was God in the flesh, but he was in the flesh. He, He had the same limitations as in the flesh. The Bible talks about how he got hungry, he got thirsty, he got weary, he got tired. What's Jesus going to do? He goes to pray. Most of us, when we pray when we're tired, we probably fall asleep. We don't pray very long. But Jesus took his prayer to the Father very diligently, seriously. And when he maybe wanted to just collapse, he ended up spending time with the Father in prayer. Verse 47, it says, And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he come unto them walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them, and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gensinerit, and drew to the shore. So remember, they had just spent some time in, in burying John the Baptist, the work they were doing. They were tired. Jesus said, you know what, let's get rest. That rest is interrupted with 20,000 plus people being with them. There, Jesus teaches them all day. They didn't end up um, serving them, feeding them 20,000 people. That's a lot of people. And then what happens at night? The winds don't go their way in the sea, in the lake. They're toiling in the wind. The winds are pushing their boat one way, but they're trying to get to the other direction. The tiresome, the the royal, and the the trying to row, trying to get to the other side. They're still not able to rest. Maybe it would have been better to go pray with Jesus. Be a little bit more relaxing. But they followed, obeyed Jesus. Jesus told them to go over there. But man, they even think they're seeing a spirit. They think they're seeing a ghost when they see Jesus walking out on the sea. 
If you haven't gotten much sleep, you might be seeing things like that, too. Even if you did get sleep, that would be pretty freaky, seeing someone walking on the water. But we see, it says they were in the royal, toiling and royal, and into the fourth watch of the night. That's anywhere between three in the morning to six in the morning. That's a long time to be rowing against the winds in, in the sea. After no rest, no sleep, no break in their schedule, and after having toiled all night, they started all over again the next day. Verse 54, And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him, and ran through that whole region round about, and began to carry about in beds those that were sick, where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered any villages or cities or country, they laid the six in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment, and as many as touched him were made whole. So after all this busyness, now the disciples are carrying people in their beds and bringing them to Jesus. Still no rest in sight. And the passage that is so often cited is come apart and rest a while as an excuse to quit responsibility, to quit ministering in the church or to quit church altogether is a verb passage where they did not get rest. Think about it. It's the verse always used. Say, you know what? Christians just need to chill. You know what? You're, you're, you're putting too much into it. You're, you're getting too involved. This is talking about a situation where they were very tired, and yet they kept working. The, the, the needs of the people were more important to Jesus than his own need for rest. And it ought to be the same with us. Think about the Apostle Paul. Go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. 2 Corinthians 11.23 says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths off. Of the Jews, five times receive I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in pearls of waters, in pearls of robbers, in pearls by mine own countrymen, in pearls by the heathen, in pearls in the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among false brethren, and weariness and painfulness, and watchings often, and hunger and thirst, and fastings often, and cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Apostle Paul put a lot into the work of God. In and out of prison. Not many of us have probably been in prison, and if we did, it wasn't for the same kind of reasons Paul was. Five times he received 39 lashes. 
Three times beaten with rods. He was stoned. The method of execution. Three times he survived shipwreck. And one time for about 24 hours a day and a night. He's floating in the ocean. He would have been robbed. He's had struggles with many difficult situations and diverse people. There are times he was hungry. Times he was cold. No doubt being in the ocean for 24 hours would be cold. And times where he was even naked. And yet beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Despite all his struggle and labor Paul was involved in, he never burned out. But he was able to come to a place at the end of his life where he said, I fought a good fight. I finished uh, my course. He faithfully served God to his death. And so how many will focus on the danger of burning out. You read the scriptures and they did much more than we do. And we worry about getting burned out. And yet here we see them living and serving God. It was a priority to them over any other type of activity. And the truth of the matter is God made us to work for Him. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has designed us to work. Okay, six days so shall work, seven take a day of rest. Okay, it's not six days of rest and one day of work. And God has designed us to be workers. Many of our stress problems are not just because we're overwhelmed with our work, but many times it's because of our sin. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I was just be careful for nothing. Not to be full of anxiety. Not to worry. Now, I understand, you know what, sometimes as people age, there's medical conditions that happen and they maybe cause people to have a little bit of anxiety. But with that kind of exception ruled out, when we are worrying and full of anxiety, it's revealing a sin in our life. We're to be trusting in God to cast all of our care upon Him. You and I may face difficult situations, and I don't think anybody has had it as difficult as Paul had it. But yet he kept on going. There was no difficulty too great for his God. There's no difficulty too great for our God, which is the same God. Amen? God gives us the grace we need to serve him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 uh, we see that um, Paul besought the Lord to have a thorn removed from him. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Feel like you're burning out for the Lord? You know what? Just keep on burning. Keep that flame burning. And it won't burn out. It's when you stop when you burn out. When you stop serving God. You just burn yourself out by quitting. Here we see they kept going. Now granted, we need to take care of our bodies. Um, Since our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we should take care of it. It is the physical instrument in which we serve God in. Robert Murray McSheen was greatly used of God to inspire revival, specifically in Scotland. Many of you maybe follow his Bible reading plan that he made up. And he was very faithful, had a walk with the Lord. Yet he was so eager to complete his work that he neglected his health and he died before he was 30 years old. On his deathbed, he told a friend God gave me a message to deliver and a horse to ride. I have killed the horse and can no longer deliver the message. He did not take care of his health. So there is a balance that we do need to take care of ourselves, that there is rest. Jesus did say to get rest, but sometimes we don't get rest when we're needing it. The needs of people are much greater I know Brooke gets overwhelmed or busy at times doing the Jill ministry. But you know what? She keeps doing it. As weary as she gets, as exhausted as she gets, she keeps going. Because she sees the needs of the people. She sees the needs of those struggling with addiction. With those that have a troubled past. She keeps on going. You don't need to tell her, hey, you know what? Just slow down. You're going to burn out. Oh, well, he asked us, what are we doing? What are we doing for the Lord? What am I doing as a pastor? There's so much more I could be doing. Let's not discourage those that are doing the work for God. Yes, there are times where there needs to be balance. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But even more than our body, we should take more priority in the care of our soul and spirit. Bible says, for bodily exercise, profit of little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So the thing is, burnout is not caused by working the flesh too hard. It is caused by working in the flesh. Now, we work the flesh. We, we, we take the plow. We work. That's not how burnout happens. It happens when we're trying to do that which is spiritual in our own power, in our own flesh. Very few people, like the preacher I mentioned, work themselves to an early grave. To be honest, Pastor, I haven't had such big problems of having a great need to slow people down. That's not the biggest trial in ministry, of having to say, Hey, Robert, slow down. You're doing too much work. What are you doing? You're serving God too much. Or Verlin, man, 
You can't do that. What are you doing coming to church? Oh, you know, you got, you got to take care of your health. You know what? Just take a chill. Just stay at home sometimes. You know what? Now he does when he needs to. He does have to watch that for his health. But it's not a thing I have to tell people. I don't have to tell Betty or tell anybody, anybody that works in the kitchen, you're working too hard. Please stop. You need to chill or you're going to die. It's not a problem I have as a pastor of having to slow people down. I more have a problem with somebody trying to motivate people, trying to inspire people. Hey, man, it's wonderful to serve God. Makes you want to jump on a pew sometimes. Bummer, they're not here. Jerry and Murr, they always ask me when I'm going to jump on the pew again, and they're not here to see it. You witness it, you let them know. But it's exciting you serve God. And we only burn out if we do it in our flesh. But if we do it with the power of the Spirit of God, you could keep going. You don't burn a motor out early by running it. You burn it out by running it without oil. Or not running it at all. Instead of resting out. And you know what? If I was in danger of burning out, I've said this before, let's burn out for Jesus instead of rest out. Just keep it burning. You think of a flame. The flame will keep going until there is no more fuel. And so when we sometimes worry about getting burnt out, it's not because we're doing too much, per se. There may be a rare occasion where that may be the case. But again, the needs of the people are much greater than even our own rest. But it's because we're not tapped into the source, the fuel that we need. That we're not walking faithfully in our devotion with the Lord. We may be serving. We may be serving at a jail. We may be serving at a nursing home. We may be serving in the music. But if our devotional life is off, then yes, we'll get overwhelmed for doing it in the flesh. Work the flesh, but don't do it in the flesh. We must depend on the Spirit of God. Keep the flame going. You just need to keep the source, the fuel um, going. So oftentimes we'll think someone else is, um, is burning themselves out when in reality they are full of joy. They love doing what they're doing. Yes, they may get carried away a little bit sometimes, but they see the need is great. They see serving God is a joy. It's not a burden, no matter how burdensome it may be. When you have Christ, you got the work of the Spirit. Jesus said, I must work the works of Him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. You know, there's going to be a day where you can no longer witness to your neighbor. There's going to be a day you cannot share Jesus Christ with someone else. You know, I'm talking to myself here too. You know, I could be doing more talking to my neighbors. There's going to be a day where we can't tell people, know the Lord. Because they will either already know them in heaven, or they'll be in the lake of fire forever. No longer able to minister to them. The night cometh when no man can work. 
So while it is day, we ought to be busy serving God. Be busy um, serving the Lord. Be busy in the church. Serving God in the local church is a joy to be a part of. Christian families ought to learn to love the Lord's church. Christ loves the church. Christ died for the church. And when I'm speaking of church, I'm meaning it in the context of the local church. Um, that the visible assembly of believers that we have here, the one you are accountable to, the, the one you participate in, the one you gather to worship with, the, the one you are commanded to care for one another's needs, taking care of the household of faith. Oftentimes people have used as an excuse to not be faithful to assemble in with a church is because they want to spend more time with their family. However, when you spend time in church, gathering together as a family, with a family of families, the church, you are not wasting your time. You're not not spending quality family time. Now, I know sometimes it takes time getting used to not having a children's church during our regular hour. We have Sunday school during Sunday school, but during our regular church, we have everybody meet together as one. See different principles in Nehemiah. They, they met as one man, men, women, and children. And what a joy it would be for children to grow up worshiping with their parents instead of always being set, sent somewhere else. But that... When they're 18, it's not like, oh, now this is church. This is different than what I used to do. I used to just be entertained with different crafts or activities. But instead, they get to sit with you. Sure, they may move, wiggle at first. It may take getting used to. But oh, the joy of coming as a family. Singing songs together as a family. Hearing the preaching together where you could go home and discuss the sermon with the family. And get to know what the children are thinking, what's in their mind. You're spending the greatest time as a family that you possibly can. Everything else in life will flow from that when you have a right perspective of Christ and his church. And you learn to love what Christ loves. He loves his church. He loves the local assemblies that he has established all throughout the world. Well, it's not like church be the one thing we give up when we're feeling like we're too busy. Now, that isn't to say that Christians never truly feel burnout. But again, that's not because we're serving God too much. It's simply we need to use wisdom and balance our life. Imbalance us. The Bible says the unjust balance is an abomination unto the Lord. Okay, I mentioned many of the difficulties Paul went through and he continued serving the Lord and through all that. You know, if, that would, if, if he was a married man, it would have been what much, much more difficult. And Paul writes that, you know, if someone is single, able to abide single, in some things they're able to do a lot for the Lord. They, they don't have the constraints of marriage, but yet the Bible does say it's good for a man not to be alone. And so marriage is a good thing, but Paul does say that, you know, he that is married care for the things of the world, how he may please his wife. A wife care for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Now, it's a bad thing. That's a good thing. 
Well, you know, sometimes we as dads or fathers or dads, fathers, same thing, dads or husbands, it's not that we're serving God too much or serving the church too much or we're working too, too much. It's we don't have proper balance. That there, there needs to be balance. There needs to be time where you are spending with family. But you know what? One of the things is serve God as a family too. There needs to be balance in our life. Otherwise, you know what? We could end up feeling burned out. But don't, let you th- don't think that, oh, it's because I serve God too much. It's not. It's because maybe you don't have balance in your life. And you know, sometimes you need to quit making work be your idol. Don't, don't, don't be so consumed with the money you're making from work or just even for, from, for the work's sake itself. Make sure you are spending time with your family. Make, make sure it is of value. It is of importance. We see it with Mary and Martha in Luke 10.38. It says, Now it came new pass. Is they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. So here, Martha, she's serving. She's getting dishes on her. Whatever she's doing, she's serving her heart out. She's getting overwhelmed. She's getting stressed. And there's Mary, her sister, just sitting there listening to Jesus. She gets frustrated. She's feeling burnt out. She's feeling overwhelmed. And here's what Jesus said. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary have chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary have chosen the good part. Where was she? Was it the feet of Jesus? Just listening to his word. And that's where I try. I try. We try it with our Sunday school. We try. It doesn't always work out. But I try, we try to allow you know, our Sunday school teachers to be teaching for a while. Have someone else fill in. So they could be here and during the Sunday school hour. Just listening to the word. You know, there are times where we get where, like Martha. She was serving. But she was doing it in her flesh. She needed the balance of just knowing it. Maybe I just need to be at the feet of Jesus. Hear the word of God. The multitudes, that's what they were hearing. They were hearing Jesus teach to them. You know, you want to know one way that absolutely guarantees burnout? One thing that will make anybody, everybody burn out is if you're trying so hard to work yourself to heaven. You're trying to work so hard, you're doing all you can to get to heaven. You're trying to do all the good deeds you can. You're trying to serve everybody else to earn your way to heaven. You're trying to give of your wealth to charities, to local churches. You work so hard, but it's not necessarily going to be a burnout. We're going to burn up. No one can get to heaven through the works of the flesh. It's a Christian. We are created unto good works in Christ Jesus. 
But if we don't know Jesus, we don't know Christ, we can do all the work we want, but it will not give a, get us to heaven. Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Sister Norma, if you go ahead and get ready to play the organ. Um, Galatians 2, 16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Ephesians 2a says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. No one's going to be able to boast in heaven. I gave my all, and so I made it. No one is going to be justified by the deeds of following the law, following the law of God. Jesus said that many in that day, in the day of judgment, will say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works? Haven't we done mighty deeds? Haven't we healed the sick? Haven't we prophesied in thy name? And Jesus will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. We cannot earn our salvation. There is no work we could do in the church. There is no offering amount we could give to get ourselves to heaven. Nothing we could do to earn our salvation. Except for receive it by faith. Put in our belief, our faith in Jesus Christ. He's the one that did the work. He died on the cross, carrying our sin, bearing the wrath of His Father in your place. Jesus says, come unto me and you'll have rest. We try to get salvation any other way. The Bible calls it like, whereas thief is robbers trying to break in. The only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. And it's not through a work. So don't get burnt out or burnt up. Because you're trying to work your way to salvation. Go ahead and play, Norma. Let's go ahead and stand for a time of invitation. There may be someone in here that you've been doing your best. You've been trying to work hard. You please God in the flesh. You don't know if you were to die today if you have eternal life. You hope so because you're trying your best to be good. You're trying to follow the golden rule. You know, the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. We missed the mark. Jesus knew that we could not save ourselves. That's why Jesus came and died for us. To be our rest. To be our Sabbath. And we can have freedom in Him. Always close, heads bowed. If there's anybody in here does not know Jesus Christ as your own Savior. You don't know if you have eternal life, but you would like to know how you can have eternal life. Go ahead and slip your hand up. Slip your hand up and let me know that you know that maybe you want to come and talk to me and show you from the Word of God 
how you could have eternal life. Show you have, that you have a clear understanding as the Spirit of God works on you. See that hand. Rose your hand and you like a lady to show you if you're a lady how you have eternal life. Go ahead and walk forward. Nobody looking. But come forward and I'll direct you to a lady. How you can know for sure you have eternal life. If you're a man, I'll show you from the word of God. Christians, you're saved, you've been saved by faith, the grace of God. Don't be so afraid of being burnt out serving God. Just make sure you're tapped to the source, that you're tapped to the fuel, that you have the Spirit of God flowing through you greatly. We have the Spirit with us if we're saved, but make sure you're connected to Christ. Just make sure that you're drawing your strength from Him. And you can read later in Isaiah 40 about having our strength renewed by the Lord. The disciples, they were busy people. You saw what Paul went through. You saw what the apostles went through. Yes, rest is sometimes what we're looking for. Sometimes the needs of the people are much greater. There's a work to do. There's people to reach for Christ. There's empty pews where we could fill this place in that more people could grow in grace through the preaching of the Word of God. The only time we burn out is when we have imbalance. We don't get burnt out simply by working hard or serving God. I see how we can get more involved, not less involved. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this day again. Help us, Lord, to keep on burning for you. To keep on being that light that shines in this world. And reflecting the light of Christ. Help us, Lord, to serve you. Help us uh, not take serving you or serving in the church as being lower on our priority list of all the other things we're doing. But let us burn for you. Let, let us not rust out. But be faithful to you. You died for us. The least I, we could do is live for you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.